CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. So what kind of weird things do you do now like six months into quarantine do you like I I kind of realized like something big for me that's happened um is I put a tv in my bedroom uh-huh, like I've uh-huh. never ever ever done that because I was like that's a level of depravity Even- I don't know I I'm a big believer in the tv in a bedroom I begged for one when I was a kid and I think my parents finally folded so I've had a tv in my bedroom since I was like 15 years old <laughs> nice do you guys have one now like the whole time mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah okay I guess I can't picture it for some reason I feel like I knew like your places in Chicago it was more on display but I can't like picture it in your room right now in that's LA. a good thing from a decorating point yeah. of view too like because you're really supposed to like shut it away it's not a feng shui no it's not feng shui um but i get it you're like there's little things especially around the house i find myself like if i don't like carve out time for me to like play the ukulele during the day i get like upset i'm just like but i but i must play but i must do it (laughs) that's amazing i also i i'm just like totally down with eating junk food now again too like like shitty things like flaming hot cheetos yeah i've never eaten flaming hot cheetos but i did read um a thing and it's not a news story whatever i don't give a shit there's a reader article i was reading that you can like get a pen pal in another country and like you just mail each other snacks back and forth it's just care packages Oh, that's really fun. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, everyone, here's a sampling from Happy's Liquor Store <laughs> in Glassell Park. Absolutely. I mean, I would just be down. I'm just like, hey, here's, uh, I mean, and then Flamin' Hot Cheetos you could send. And then I don't, who knows what you'll get sent back. Potato chips in other countries are fantastic um, to seek out. And let's just put it out there right now. If any of our listeners want to get into some pen pal snack sending here on the... Let's just... Let's go. Let's send each yeah. other mail and snacks. <laughs> send us snacks! Well, how you how are you feeling today, Andrea? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, Brooke. Uh, this is Sidework Podcast. Brooke is baiting me because I drank wine last night. Yes. 
I know. It is funny. I'm like, I'm going to own it. It's okay. Like, it's been six months. I haven't, like, drank too much wine in front of my friends in six months. And so I'm okay. It was great. We we all got COVID tested. This is our COVID coven. We are a, yeah. a five-person chat group that started the day the world <laughs> shut down. And we've all been hiding. We've all been really serious levels of quarantine. And the loneliness has absolutely gotten to all of us. And we're like, can we all test? Like, we need to see each other responsibly and more often. And our friend Julia is a new mom, you know, little baby Stella. Shout out to little Stella Rosie Miles. Uh, And it was really fun to see Julia. We all swooped in with masks and we took her baby away from her for like two and a half hours and I mean that in the best way possible she's like yeah she got wine drunk too it was yeah just a bunch of 40 something year old witches just just hanging out and sipping on some vino yep on the fall equinox yep yeah we always tend to like we randomly like jokingly named it COVID coven and then whenever we hang out it always tends to be some sort of like celestial event at the same time it's pretty great it's It's pretty pretty much on par and just a quick PSA to our younger listeners uh, the minute you turn 40 you also turn into a witch Uh, (laughs) it's just it's just the truth just putting it out there you start collecting way more moon rocks and beautiful stones and amethyst your powers come into the full force basically you know I think it's like you know there's a lot of like juvenile literature out there where powers come into like fullness when you turn like 18 but yeah 40s you gotta wait till 40 (laughs) absolutely but trust me you are going to be very very intrigued with witchcraft once you start getting closer to 40 (laughs) well you and Brian speaking of sort of fun witchy gothy dark moody stuff uh the headline today is so awesome you guys <laughs> sent me this yesterday yeah for sure um from LA Taco there's this new pop-up coffee stand uh in East LA that is it's a it's a black metal goth theme <laughs> called Mystics Cafe. I cannot wait to go. Um, It is officially fall, which for me and you means Halloween season, which is our favorite holiday. Um, But this guy, it's in Boyle Heights. You can go, you can visit on the corner of Rowan and Cesar Chavez, but he just like, it's the first pop-up to sell coffee with a goth aesthetic, basically. Absolutely. And the owner is, you know, he's a East Side resident Mexican uh, guy named Julian who's like, I'm just from the hood in East L.A. And it's a very like Mexican goth, Latinx goth, uh, Morrissey loving. There's just such a wonderful su- subculture of like goth yeah. black metal and and Latin culture. And he's like, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to have like some of my collectible figurines of The Undertaker on the coffee oh, yeah. bar. And Julian filth is his name is what he goes by and he's he's a musician as well but he's also a celebrated barista and he's worked at a bunch of different joints all around los angeles and what was so cool about this pop-up where he's just like fuck it we're trying it we're doing it he was not promoted 
to cashier in some of the more prominent positions at other jobs like Starbucks or uh, Tierra. Um, I think it's called Tierra Mia. That's a coffee mm-hmm, shop mm-hmm. in Echo Park. And he's like, guess what? Taking off with my own pop up. Not only I'm the owner, I'm the barista and I will also be taking your money. So snap, snap, snap. So good. I love it. I mean, there's, you know, black magic, white magic mm-hmm. uh, are a couple of the names of the drinks. I want all of them. The white magic, I think, is coffee or cold brew and horchata. No, no, which no, I'll, is I'll, an, 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 oh, please. I'll tell ahead. you the description of it because I'm looking at it. White magic is horchata iced coffee shaken with sin oh (laughs) (laughs) i need this (laughs) i need it too i'm really like i might do a little uh field trip out of here after we wrap oh this is full on like my halloween haunted house i'm going to go check out this this since halloween has been canceled should we put on spooky outfits and go get a coffee if that's all we're offered right now or just put on a wig just put on a wig and go get a cold brew Dude, it's going to be great. But clearly he's doing nighttime hours because I'm sure there's like a fun, weird scene that like after 9 p.m. I kind of want to see who's running around the graveyard. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I love it. I love it. And I think it's really cool and cute, too, because like obviously Boyle Heights, if um, some of you recognize that name, it's a really famous neighborhood that, you know, it's very... um, it's been a stronghold of Mexican middle-class culture. It's just a very awesome neighborhood. That's really um, the gentrifiers have been coming in and not welcome to be honest. If, if, especially if they just want to only jam white culture that's not inclusive and doesn't want to get to know the neighbors. A lot of gentrifiers have been uh, successfully scared out. But I love that Julian is like a neighborhood guy and he recognizes like, all right, like a lot of the people coming and stopping by out of curiosity. He's like, they're senoras who are like my mother's friends that I grew up with in the neighborhood. And he's like, these are instant coffee drinking, you know, Cafe Bustelo. He's like, how do I get them? them into a four dollar coffee range but he's the perfect bridge because i'll tell you what uh orchata coffee shaken with sin served over ice i'll pay three bucks for that shit oh yeah not to mention like if you go for that go get tacos there too if you haven't there's a vast array of super famous taco trucks um that oh my god now I want a deep fried shrimp taco for lunch so bad I'm um, hungry. the Marisco Jalisco truck which was like if you ever have seen City of Gold which you know Jonathan Gold we're getting so LA like chic with our with our with our talk but Jonathan Gold um uh, food critic for the LA Times for years and years and years. If you guys don't know, you should absolutely watch City of Gold if you haven't. But that is where the Marisco Jalisco truck, which is a seafood yes. uh, taco truck, that is the first place he would take people when they came to LA if they'd never been to LA before. That's the first place he would take everybody to eat, which is beautiful. And may I just say real quickly too that uh, at the bottom of this LA Taco article about Julian and his black metal goth coffee pop-up stand called Mist X. Uh, the first the first response is uh, from his mom. She's like, I'm really proud of my son, Julian. I'm Aww. his mom, Elizabeth. I'm inspired by all his hard work and making this community feel bright. We are happy for Julian. We wish you the best. Thank you all. Aww. A mom seal of approval. I love it. <laughs> That's a great, great, happy headline. <laughs> All right, Brooke, well, let's get into some server submitted stories. Stories. 
Okay, you guys, thank you. Uh, I do want to say just a quick, uh, just a quick check in about this. We're getting a lot of them. We see all of them. We're picking and choosing for the main episodes right now, just a few to throw in for our typical Friday episodes, but we are about to put together a handful of special episodes featuring all of your stories, so hang tight. We're not skipping you. You're just going to hear them all coming at you fast and furious all at once soon. Okay. First story, the subject of this one that was submitted is Black Beans Suck. (laughs) I love the style of writing in this. We begin. I'm not in the service profession. I tried. I could not do it. It is hard. I respect the people who are a part of my restaurant experiences. We always tip at least 20%. Now, once upon a time, (laughs) we were a party of four and we sat down at a really good franchise Mexican restaurant. We ordered food and drinks and then began enjoying each other's company. Our server arrived with our food in the form of a large serving tray. We were so excited because we love their food. She began to unload the very large serving tray. She went left to right. Enchiladas, a chimichanga, and maybe a chili relleno. God damn it, I can never. Chili relleno. There were monkey dish sides of rice, guacamole, and black beans. You guys are all picturing the monkey dishes. We all know what that is. Mm. Now, I hated physics in school, but this was clearly a case study. We were focused on the chimis. And as she unloaded the tray, it was becoming out of balance. When she removed the last entree dish, shit went down. There was a lone monkey dish of black beans on one end and a chimney on the other. The chimney outweighed the black beans and the beans took flight. It was a movie moment where time stopped and there was a large blob of black beans paused in the air. To our amazement, the black blob landed down the back of a man across the restaurant. He happened to be wearing a pink Oxford. Hashtag 90s. <laughs> oh, this is so good. I love it. I love it. What a Chad. He screamed and went right into a rage about dry cleaning. $2. Really? Okay. Our server was mortified. Todd, the husband, who was a server for a long time, said, Don't worry. Something will happen tomorrow, and you will forget this ever happened. At that moment, another server came out of the kitchen with a large serving tray and proceeded to dump four entrees into the lap of the woman at the booth next to us. Todd said, see? Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you for that submission, Mr. Best. is maybe one of my favorite stories of all time. You weirdo. I love the style that you wrote this in. Excellent. I love, hey, you don't have to be a server. Send us a great story about a crazy experience that happened to you as a customer. Okay, next story. Howdy. Love the pod. I'm a former bartender and server who made the jump from service industry to office work at the beginning of COVID. And y'all make it enjoyable to relive the hilarity of restaurant work from the comfort of my desk job. Anyways, this is one of my favorite memories from my last bartending job. I worked at a very popular Vietnamese brew pub in a southern city for a little over two years. While the management and majority of customers were absolute terrors, most of my fellow servers were, and still are, amazing. We all had great times. This particular memory is about my coworker. Let's call them Dolly. (laughs) Dolly's a server who is very 
blunt and not afraid to tell a guest when they're being out of line. Dolly was the only trans non-binary person at working at this establishment at the time and of course would sometimes get shitty comments from ignorant people about their haircut, clothes, and so on. They often had to correct people, some people, managers, regulars, whoever, multiple times about their preferred pronouns, them, they. However, there was one incident that stands out. <laughs> During a fairly busy dinner rush, Dolly was waiting their section, and as they were passing by one of their four tops, a middle-aged woman waved them down. Dolly, like most servers, absolutely loved being flagged down in the middle of a rush. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Loving. Although this table had been pretty kind during their visit up to that point. So Dolly asks, can I get you something else? And the woman very casually asked in a heavy, heavy Southern accent, you got a wiener? <laughs> Now, Dolly's heard a lot of ignorant questions, and I'm sure they put up with a lot of bullshit when it comes to their gender, but I think this question threw them unlike anything they had been asked before. It's one thing to ask uh, someone's pronouns, or even if you're a rude piece of shit, what are you? But straight up asking someone if they have a dick <laughs> without any prelude and completely out of the blue is pretty a next level. Dolly's only response was, what? <laughs> The woman was quick to follow up. She didn't hesitate before asking again. You got a wiener right there. The woman pointed somewhere below Dolly's belt. Now, I'm not sure what Dolly was feeling at this moment, but I had seen them come close to kicking customers' asses before, and I would not held, have held it against them if they had, in this moment, punched <laughs> this woman upside the head. However, before they could respond, the woman continued. Right there, said the woman, on your socks! <laughs> Dolly looked down, and sure enough, they had worn socks with little dachshunds all over them that day. <laughs> <laughs> they had a good laugh with the guest who was an avid wiener dog owner and then quickly came to tell the rest of the staff what happened. It became a favorite quote for all of us. And my fiance and I still ask each other, you got a wiener <laughs> to this day. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you got a wiener. <laughs> uh, you got a wiener. Anyway, thanks for the great stories. And Dolly, if you hear this, I miss you much. Godspeed and good tips. Annie. Oh my god! Oh my god! These stories today are blowing my fucking mind. What a oh my That's god! So great. And this story encapsulates everything we've ever talked about about the love and the inside jokes. It's so great. And honestly, to both of our submissions, like it's worth it to sit down and take the time and craft, you know, this great story that happened at the restaurant. So well done. So funny. And we're so grateful and delighted every time we get these submissions. They're never the same. <laughs> this is the gold standard for stories you guys should be sending us. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, fuck. That's a good story. Well, everybody, as if it's not enough to have one person speaking to you with a crazy Dutch last name, Van Poplin, uh, Andrea and I are so happy to have our guests join us for side work right now. Welcome, Ross Van Dongen. Hello. I'm so Hi, happy. Ross. Hi, Ross. How's it going, guys? We're okay. We're okay. Good. We're good. good. As good as anyone can be. It's true. Yeah. We we need you to say again uh, what you said in the email. Uh, the longtime listener 
Of course, yeah. Long time listener, first time caller. I have always wanted to say that. Um, so it's such an honor. Uh, I've been, you know, listening to this podcast since the beginning. So I'm very oh happy God. to finally be in the chair. I know. I know. Wow. Ross, That's like, what are we, like 90 episodes deep. That's a lot of listening. Thank you, Ross. You are so welcome. I mean, any, any uh, podcast that lets me get a little therapy out for the, the work that we all have done and do, um, I'm there. So it's great. Yes, you are. Yes, you are there. And, you know, the purpose of us wanting to talk to you today is to inspire anyone in general, but also other servers um, with your trajectory of going from bartending and waiting tables to deciding you wanted to make a push towards working in politics. You know, Mm -hmm. you did a lot of uh, just stomping the stomping the pavement for no money, giving a lot of your time and effort. And now look at you taking a lunch break, working on the political team for Mayor Eric Garcetti. (laughs) Yeah, it's been quite a little bit of a we I mean, maybe. Yeah, sure. It's it's been great. It's been quite a change. The last couple of years have been wild as they have been for all of us. But um yeah, I'm on career. I'm on career track number three, and it's it feels good. So it's happy to be here. Oh yeah, never forget acting, right? That's the yeah. one that we all did yeah. real fast. Right. right, right, right. Right, but that those are giving you skills to be a server and then also work in the in, in politics. So 100 acting. Yes, um, you know, with all our guests, and we obviously we bring them all on for like a very specific purpose, like Brooke was talking about with you. But Ross, we want to get into your uh, your background as a server totally. and, and, and in the restaurant industry. So yes. where did where did where did it all start? Let's see. Okay, so I've been working in the industry. Uh, I started when I was sixteen. I worked at Potbelly Sandwich Works. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sandwich yummy, chain. yummy, yummy. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I still. I drove a couple weeks, a couple months ago. Now I drove down to Irvine because there's a Potbelly there, and spent like round trip, almost three hours in the car just to get a an Italian sub from a Potbelly. I still love mm. that food. But I worked there off and on through high school and college, and then got out here and started acting. So I started waiting tables um, and I worked at yep. this yep. terrible but wonderful bar on La Cienega called, uh, I'm in Los Angeles, in uh, Open Air Kitchen and Bar on La Cienega. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a dumpy little dive. Uh, it was great. I had a lot of fun. Um, I bartended there, um, would get low-key very drunk there um you know that period that that thing that we all do uh and then start also worked at this ramen place uh called tatsu that is oh yeah yeah you guys know tatsu mm-hmm. yes i do yeah so i worked at the one on satel which i don't know if you've ever been to this it's in um little osaka in in on the west side of la and it's so small it is it's so tiny. so tiny and i'm a six foot three Dutch guy. So like, and I'm, I have these lava hot bowls of ramen that I'm just like carting around this place that's tinier than my one bedroom apartment. And, um, it was a, a nightmare, a total nightmare. That but was like not a Tatsu, good. and just to give like our listeners like a point of view, like on, on it, like it's so busy that there's computer screens outside that you order and then you wait yes. online, and so it's like this, it's this amazing flow, hopefully, right? That is right. in your favor for the kitchen for the serving staff. But how how long were you there? How long did that last? I worked at the Sata location for a couple months, and then they opened one on Melrose, um, which was a bit bigger. Uh, but I, I only lasted a few months there because, I, like you said, I mean, it is open to close. There is a line out the door, people waiting to get on those iPads to punch in their 
you know, I don't care if it's 110 degrees outside, they're waiting to get their 10 bajillion degree bowl of noodles. Oh, yeah. And they're open till like, don't they stay open till like three or four in the like morning? Four in the morning. Yeah. I don't know who's going, but people are. Uh, drunk people are going. That is some privileged so. drunk food. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah, and I've good. done it. I've actually gotten drunk uh, the chicken ramen there with like, it's there's delicious. so much fat. And yeah. schmaltz like hanging out on that ramen. Yeah. It's so good. Anyway, you, it's all about you, not my ramen love. <laughs> After I, I threw in the, the towel on Todd so I couldn't cut it, um, I went over to uh, John and Vinny's. And I oh, worked yes, at yes, yes. John and Vinny's for several years and have developed a very uh, love to hate, hate to love relationship with, with that restaurant. Um, and that's how you met Miss Kyle Williams. Miss Kyle June Williams. Yes. Uh, love Kyle. She's amazing. Um, and yeah, so that's why I met her. She's the glue. The fun fact is Absolutely. she's the reason we know you. And yes. we all had like a very two plus years ago, all of us just started sniffing around the political yeah. sphere a lot more. All kind of yeah. like we feel like we do enough. And then you quickly realize no I don't and I can do a lot more and uh, yeah we all kind of had a political awakening together and you're much more accelerated than I am Ross Uh, full on working for the mayor at this moment (laughs) but (laughs) it was I mean it was I think we all had some sort of like oh shit moment about three and a half years ago right Uh, yes yeah like uh, something happened and it was I don't care if you were for the guy or against the guy like it was rocking. It was world rocking that, yes, that this thing that no one saw coming could happen right under our nose. Um, and Brooke, I, I texted you about this, but I think about it all the time. Like we were yeah. at a comedy show, you were hosting a comedy show and you made a point to say like, my guy was in charge and I was, it was Jesus take the wheel and like whatever he said did. And, and from as soon as Trump got into office, it was a light switch for me. It just was I, yep. like, I, woke, I need to know every single up, person. Yeah. Right. I need to know every single person that this guy appoints. I need to know who goes in and out of that building every single day. I need to, because I didn't know what a midterm election was until I worked no. on one in 2018. Like, I had no idea about anything. But yeah, so Ross, that's, and it was hard to admit because I do think, you know, at a certain age, me personally, I, I want to be seen as smart and politically mm-hmm. engaged, but then realized I'm like, I don't think I voted in a midterm election before like let's be honest and quickly realized that yeah eight years of feeling represented with an Obama era administration that I or it's not even Jesus take the wheel I fell asleep at the wheel I was like we're good and then we were not good we were not good so that was that was a big moment for everybody I think kind of waking up and smelling the coffee of what uh, the proud and few who actually do vote in this country, that's what's frightening, is not that many people at the end of the day in America show up to vote, and it's a travesty. Right. Yeah. And, and it is interesting when we talk about midterm elections. You know, Brian and I have always been, like, really savvy about voting in all elections, like, here, but even back in Chicago, I just, I just feel like, and even, like, me going all the way back to Omaha, like, the excitement of being able to vote. You know what I mean? Like, my dad would like work like pull he would work election days for years and years he loved doing it you know and go work our local polls but like it is but I will admit that it it was like a thing where even with midterms even getting in you know in Chicago like voting for our aldermen things like that happening 
where it was like you heard about it. But for, for me, it was it was like almost like the week of that I did all my research. It wasn't mm-hmm. me doing actively doing the work and pushing toward candidates that I think are the right people. It was just kind of like, OK, here's what I have to do because I have to vote. And then I look and I'm like, I think that's right. And then, you know, so that's a different form of me being woken up, I think, too, because now I'm really doing my research a lot deeper than I ever have. Right. Like who who's and I still am a little bit like what the fuck is a comp troller? <laughs> you know? Absolutely. I mean, there's nope. so many people that I that I'm on on calls with when I'm with, you know, the mayor with my boss and I'm just like this person does what for who and how and bureaucracy is 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 in charge some like I have no idea. So we're still all learning. We are still all learning, and I think the point of today's episode is that that's how the current powers that be want it to be. They want us young, uh, you know, non-one percent part of the population to stay intimidated, to stay confused, to believe that we're not allowed in this arena. And we are here to tell you it's okay to start with the first baby step, which everybody right now who's listening we love you are you registered to vote i'm gonna pause Please. real quick everyone listening go to votesaveamerica.com i'm gonna hold and wait for you to pick up your phone and go to votesaveamerica.com in exactly one minute you can verify that you're registered okay because if you moved or even if you haven't voted in a bit you can get kicked off the voter registration index and it's a sneaky thing that some powers that be do okay fine double check you're verified you're good to go if you're not hit the register button it takes two minutes register to vote okay moving on to some serving things i'm gonna be checking back with you all to see if you did it The point is, if you're not registered, you can't even take these first baby steps of being a dum-dum who, you know, you got to crawl before you run, people. I I was so embarrassed uh, with how little I actually knew about politics. And it is it's ridiculous because we servers and and hourly wage workers are the people that every single politician claims that they're working for. Yes. And they, they tell us that we are the ones that matter, that the middle class is what drives our country and builds our country. And yet, like you said, we are purposely left out of the conversation, especially, especially if you are black and brown and below the poverty yep. line. They want to make sure that you don't know what's yep. going on so that they can maintain the status quo and then they can continue representing districts that a lot of these folks have no business representing. So it's time that we all wake up. We've seen how messed up this country can get. We've seen how the system is completely rigged against us. So we need to, from your city council member and your school board on up to president, check every single box. Yes, absolutely. And we're not I mean, here. You, we're not here to tell you to be Democrats. You know, we we practice autonomy. You know, use your own best discretion. We're not gonna. You know, we are a liberal and progressive minded group of people ourselves. But you know what? When you're progressive minded, uh, listen, uh, make your own decisions, folks. But um, I think, especially in the service industry, and this is just my opinion, you are voting against your own self interest, your best self interest, if you do not vote Democrat. You know, and even talking about, um, yeah. Who who who's not being like 
basically targeted to to vote in the election whether you're black or you're brown even even if you're not what neighborhood do you live in like are 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 voting lines are red is redlining happening in your district are are sneaky things happening right under your nose that you don't even know about in your state for voter suppression to be completely what's happening in big elections the answer is like yeah i mean even talking about florida for example you know like you can't vote if you're a felon right a new law came about that said Mm -hmm. no 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 you can actually vote but then a sneaky new vote comes and says if you haven't paid your debt sorry you can't vote i mean it's just there's stuff like this happening all the time to make it so your voice is not heard and it shouldn't be up to people like Michael Bloomberg donating $16 million to Florida felons to pay off their fines. Like, right. that's not how our system should be built. But right now, that's exactly what has to happen exactly. to ensure that yes. these people are represented. Right. And, you know, and here's why, like, as I'm trying to, like, meld this together with you all, because I, f- I feel the energy of us, like, loving the fact that we've got this service background and we're now waking up to the power of being involved in politics is like if you're a server and a bartender i'm pretty sure you don't stand for bullshit in your restaurant you don't put up with sneaky stuff you're you are a professional you know uh shit caller you know shot shot caller baller that whole thing and it is rock and roll yeah punk as fuck to get out and vote and to and to fucking it, it really is stick it to the man i i'm swear and to god i absolutely guarantee you're working in a restaurant in the service industry where it's a diverse group of people that come together to get a job done this is what happens in the restaurant industry we talk about it time and time again you have their fucking backs make sure they have your backs that's that is that's it's the beauty of it all you are Ross, i'm you, super interested like being in the restaurant industry for so long like how is that now that you've moved on to politics, like what are you what what parallels are you seeing? I was literally just about to jump in because like this nice. is my thing. Like uh, we as servers, as bartenders, as people who work in restaurants generally, we are better at our jobs if we can bullshit and small talk with as many people as we can. Get those get those tips, you know, make them feel like they love you and you love them. And that this is a happy little environment that we created. Right. That is exactly what you need to do when you're on the phone with voters, when you're at the doors with voters, when you're in the field talking to potential voters. Persuasion, baby. It's all about like making them making your story resonate with these people that are on the phones to convince them to vote for the candidate you that you are supporting. Um, when I was an organizer on Beto O'Rourke's Senate campaign in Texas in 2018, I just was amazed at how every every skill that I picked up with people um, in restaurants was applicable to every single aspect of my job. Uh, yes. Because the more that I was able to get these volunteers and these voters on my side, the better we all were at our jobs. Um, so restaurant people, vital if you have the time because i think a lot of us in the industry do right now uh-huh. uh, sign up for some volunteer shifts whether it be for a senate candidate whether it be for uh, a presidential candidate a city council member whatever because you're the best at it and i guarantee it yeah you're- and i think it's just like anything else you know we talk you have like the first day jitters and once you get into the groove it's like you've been doing this job for years you know what you're doing you know and you're just and it's, you're it's an like expert it's- at getting yelled at <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 
And and think of it this way. If you can memorize a bunch of information about food that you don't give a shit about or the daily specials, just swap that out with some really cool facts about, you know, the congressional candidate that you're canvassing for and latch on to, you know, the way you say, oh, well, my favorite on the menu is this yeah, appetizer, that appetizer. <laughs> you truly say like, well, the reason I'm supporting so-and-so today is because I really agree with these two points. And and then you just, I'm telling you, you will be so amazed at how good you will be in politics because you are of the people when you are a server and a bartender. And that's Absolutely. what politics are supposed to be for the people, you know, and it's been completely hijacked. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just going to say right now, Trump is the day old fish. You know, you can order <laughs> if you want, but I would not recommend it. <laughs> Guys, like I said, it's a free country. Get that day old fish. But I'm saying we want the we want the artisanal farm to table uh, new version of America, please. Please watch out, Brooke. You're getting pretty coastal elite right now. I know. <laughs> I know. When when that's pe- my favorite restaurant to eat at in LA. <laughs> coastal elite. Oh my God, can we open that? I am Pelosi's dead place. <laughs> Pelosi's place. Oh, it's so great. Um but right, this this uh, I, I just it, it excites me when I realize that we are talking to so many of you who are potentially, let's see, some of you are like 21, 22, maybe didn't vote in the last election because you were like, what the fuck, you know, and now you're kind of like, I want to do this. Let's get out there. And I think a lot of you also describe yourself because a lot of you live all over the country, which is just one of the best things about hosting this podcast is talking to such varied listeners and people in the the places you work at, the kind of customers you have. But I feel like a lot of you are the self-described, we're the blueberry and the tomato soup, meaning you're in a blue city in a big red state. You can change that. Your vote is not ineffective because I think sometimes you can be very like, fuck, I live in a really red state. It doesn't matter if I vote or who I vote for. And that's really dangerous thinking. Yeah, I mean, I take it from me. My first the first time I voted was in 2008 for President Obama. I was going I was in college in Indiana at the time. And that night we saw Indiana go blue for Barack Obama. So, I mean, yeah. like crazier things have happened. And for Vote Save America, Brooke, you can also there go to adoptastate.com by those same guys. And if you yes. are convinced that like, hey, I live in the reddest of red states or the bluest of blue states and you want to maybe make your vote a little uh, spread your wings a little bit more and really get out there you can adopt a swing state like pennsylvania michigan florida and call voters down there to engage and make sure that hey if you think that your vote's going to be suppressed where you are put that energy into somewhere else where it's going to matter a little bit more that's not to say i mean i would recommend that if you are in a very 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 blue state if you're going to support democrats um if you're in a red state like do your what you can to at least turn your city a little bit bluer but and then get out there but we need all yeah, help we'll get from there. I mean going back to 2008 talking about Indiana turning blue you know me being from Omaha like in Nebraska electoral, yeah. vo- electoral votes are um, separated by district and right. so Omaha went blue for the first time in forever which was incredible so just know that if you're in Omaha that is very possible it's not the whole state together it's just your district that needs to be worked on and I mean also the state but <laughs> yeah Nebraska is crazy. Maine does it very similarly too. Like the yes. way the way that our states just decide what they're going to do is wild. Like I'm all for states' rights, but like, whoo, it's confusing. 
I agree. <laughs> and I think, you know, because this matters and we feel like we've got such a great audience in terms of you guys, our listeners, um, and just the power you possess when you really come together for a good cause. Like, you know, I do think when you look at the statistics that 12 million people in America work in restaurants, you guys can fucking put a dent in a mm-hmm. motherfucker's attempt at taking back the office. You know what I'm saying? Like, you all guys, you guys show up and you can make a huge, a huge difference in this election, um, which Absolutely. is so very exciting. And we want to be a resource where if you're like, fuck, I don't even know where to begin. I promise that Andrew and I will put some info on Instagram and keep talking to you. Not yes. all over the head politics between now and November, but we want to find out where do you live? We'll help you do the research about the district. And if it's an important district to try and get the word out to get people to vote. But, um, you know, because I fought in a very specific district, Michigan 8, two years ago. And even though I couldn't vote in Michigan's 8th district, I knocked doors on behalf of the congressional candidate. And she's one of the many women we sent to, you know, D.C. And we took back the house. Alyssa. Alyssa Slotkin. And she still needs your votes. We we she think she's going to get it help. again. But she needs help this year. So if you're in Michigan listening and want to chit chat about this really important race, I think the other point, too, and I know I'm coming at you all with a lot of points, is I used to also have the um, I only get to vote once every four years. It's just not true and Mm -hmm. the over attachment to the like being bitter about not being able to vote for the presidential candidate you wanted I get it it's sad I understand why people love Bernie but the point is don't be totally blindsided by that there are so many rad young women that you can push into positions of power who then can become a candidate for president in another 10 or 15 years there you go Absolutely. And and if I could just speak on one specific uh, area of the country where waiters and servers have a real voice, it's in Nevada. Um, the culinary union. union in Nevada is hugely influential. Yep. Uh, I think it represents 15% of Nevada's entire workforce. And they are obviously really hurting right now. Um, yes. A lot of their members, as with many of us listening to this podcast, have had their work completely taken away from them. Uh, So a massively powerful union in a state that is trending bluer and bluer all the time has now had its feet taken out from under them. And Trump is is really on top of that right now, trying to get some ground back. So if you are trying to figure out like, what can you do, what can you do? Call some voters in Nevada because the culinary union, those people that would normally be giving a ton of money to the the campaign in Nevada specifically are not able to do that right now. So we need all the help we can get in Nevada. Yeah. And we've covered, you know, if you guys go back when we're talking about one fair wage specifically, we talked in depth about the Nevada union and how they're basically the gold standard for what the restaurant industry should be doing in all states right now to get unions right, to get fair wages. So this is a very important union, like Ross said. So everybody, please check that out. So Ross, just just to yeah speak to that point too, that a, a powerful, amazing union that was very 
hard earned and won for restaurant and hospitality workers in Nevada. Mm -hmm. The fact that that's on shaky ground, the fact that so many of us are affected by a pandemic and can't do the jobs we love, like servers, bartenders, you need to get out and vote. We need to vote Mm -hmm. for people who are going to make sure we have some sort of livelihood and payment continuing to come to us until we can safely open restaurants. But like, you got to get out there. This is beyond like the pale what's happening. You know, it's inexcusable to not have any sort of support from the government at the moment when we cannot go do jobs or that we are forced to do jobs that endanger our health and have no benefits. So absolutely. I am. I am preaching, but I think we are preaching to a fantastic group of people who I want, I want you to feel inspired. I want you to believe that you can make a difference because you can. 1000%. I mean, like we are, we are the majority of this country. And, and if we, if we show up in force, like we affect the change. We've seen that over the last three and a half years that we have the power and capability to really shake things up when we want to, whether it was a healthcare vote um, that we narrowly kept the Obamacare going uh, whether it be the upcoming fight we have for the Supreme Court suit, um, whatever is going on, we need to show up in force and and call your senators and call your representatives all the time. 202-224-3121. It's the congressional switchboard. Just give a little bit of information to the operator and they will link you right up with your representative. Yeah, and if you guys get that voicemail or a voice box is full, don't be discouraged. You can tweet at these people. You can send them emails. You can snail mail them. There's all sorts of ways to get your point of view like out there and known to these representatives of yours that you pay for. You pay their wages. And let me tell you also from experience, like also tweet at your local officials, your city council members, your school board people, your mayor. I can tell you from experience that they see it and they listen to it and they take it in. So do not hesitate to tweet at them, email them, write them. They see it all and it affects the decisions they make 100%. What if we like everybody should just get like guest checks and we'll just start mailing guest checks with our opinions (laughs) To all of our representatives from the from the service industry, and that should that should be like That'd we be so order cool. this. Your total is change. Like serve <laughs> them up. <laughs> that would be so amazing if there just was restaurant people all over the world just mailing checks to to representatives. That'd be incredible. I love that. <laughs> I think it'd be really fun to check in with you again before November. Also, Ross. So, okay. um, you're a really incredible resource. And um, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's it's just really exciting and you are living proof that we as servers and people who are tip tip based workers we we can do anything. We can really, you know, we're really really good at multitasking. We're really great with people and I was like therefore we make natural politicians cuz Working in a restaurant is just one big game of politics. It is. Absolutely. It's just a, it's 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 a schmooze with a heart. You know what I mean? Right. That's what I'll, I'll say. <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, be the next AOC out there, guys. Bartender, exactly. straight up to most powerful congresswoman in that house. Boom! Dream guest, goddess of the podcast, um, Ross. Any any other advice or parting words or a hilarious quip? Anything you want to leave us with today? Oh, geez. Um, I mean, I served Beyonce once. I, 
I served Beyonce once. So. Boom! Boom. <laughs> See, we do have the best lives. We have the best I mean, lives. That's it. That's powerful. Oh, she no. was like, she was like, here, take here's some of my power. Take yeah. it, because I'm Beyonce and I'm in front of you. So I think that she charged you up fully, right? Right, 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 right. <laughs> and then like I I'm talking about politics and restaurants. I served Michelle Obama once too. John Boom. and Vinny's. Like what Boom. on earth? You know? Go to John and Vinny's or don't. I don't know. That food's very <laughs> delicious. So I, I say go to John and Vinny's. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> or don't. No, it's it's great and the people are wonderful and buy some wine too. They're all fantastic. I love it. Yeah, Shout I'm sure they're I, I'm sure I'm sure they're total they're doing a great job keeping everybody fed and safe and bringing staff back on. I know it's been a really big big thing uh for them. So props to that entire entire company. Yes. Absolutely. Right on. Well, okay. I think just parting, you know, we're going to continue to provide you information between now and November 3rd while we're bringing you all sorts of good side work restaurant. Get used to it. Here we go. Get used to it. (laughs) Sorry. We're going to be mean older sistering you to make sure you are registered to vote and that you have a plan to vote. And we're going to be here to help. Feel free to um, DM me, Andrea, anywhere that like questions nothing's a dumb question I will gladly try my best to help answer it because I had to start somewhere don't be embarrassed or ashamed just get in the fight babies thank you so much for having me guys this has been so much fun well, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Ross, thanks for being here. Like Brooke said, like we're saying to you, get out there, get registered to vote if you don't. Send us your server submitted stories. We would love to hear from you guys. Uh, you please send them into our DMs. You can email us at sideworkpod at gmail.com. Brooke, what am I missing? No, you got it all. You nailed it. And uh, follow everything on Last Podcast Network, y'all. Yeah, and you know what we say at the end of every episode? Vote! Oh, sorry. (laughs) Also, Godspeed. Good tips and good fight. And good fight, you guys. Happy voting.